Does anyone here have a crazy brother? No, you don't answer that. Does anyone here, or maybe, maybe you are the crazy brother. I mean, don't answer that either. Maybe you're the crazy uncle. We've all heard the phrase, you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. Imagine if you're in the first century, like in that video, and you can text as if maybe a piece of stone. I don't know how that works. And let's say you get a text that says something like this. Jesus is alive. First things first, what I received, I am passing on to you, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And just as he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve, after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and then last of all he appeared to me also. Imagine if you're in that situation in the first century and you receive a message like that from somebody, from a crazy brother, from a crazy uncle, from the someone who sort of found religion and they, they've sort of been away for a while and then one day they text that to you and you read that and you're thinking, what do I do with this information? Your first reaction could be just to ghost this person, right? Like, okay, sell crazy someplace else. I'm all stocked up here. I don't need what you're talking about. What are you talking about? I don't believe in that stuff or whatever. That sounds nuts. You might also feel jealous, though, like fear of missing out. Well, that sounds kind of interesting. I wish I could have seen something like that. Or you could feel incredulous. Why in the world would he, why in the world wouldn't Jesus just appear to the whole world everywhere at all the times? Why, and that way no one would doubt if we all could deceive that he was risen from the dead. Then why didn't that happen? You may also feel skeptical about your crazy uncle, your crazy brother. Let's say his name's Carl, just because Carl's kind of a funny name. Sorry if your name's Carl, by the way. I didn't mean, <laughs> didn't mean to do that. Oh, crazy Carl. He's always trying to pull a fast one. Carl, classic Carl. Come on, Carl. When will you ever learn? Or you could do the right thing or the, the ultimate thing, maybe the most important thing, which is look past the messenger and think about the message. Because the implications of this message are massive. Because sometimes, many times, the truths, the real truths of God come from the most unlikely of places. God delights to humble the proud and exalt the humble. He delights to hide things from the wise and show them to the childlike. And many times, the most important truths are right in front of your face, and you overlook it. It's almost like you, had, you found a treasure in a field, and the treasure was so valuable that you went and you bought the whole field just to ensure you would never lose what you found. Or it's like you lost a valuable piece of jewelry in your house and you turn over the whole house in order to find that thing that you know is so valuable. So look past the messenger for a minute and just think about the message. What did you say? Someone literally rose from the dead? 
I've seen a lot of amazing things in my day. I've never met someone that pulled that off. In a few sentences of first, that what you just read was 1 Corinthians 15. The crazy uncle or brother in that is the Apostle Paul. And in those few sentences of what Paul writes, it's many things that we can relate to. He talks about life. He talks about death. And he talks about burial. Those are all things we will experience. We are currently experiencing life. One day we will all die physically, and then we will be buried. But the resurrection part, we don't, can't fulfill that one. That one we can't do on our own. So, like, if you get this text, and you're reading it, and you're saying, Jesus is alive. He appeared to me. He appeared to hundreds of people that you know. He appeared to so many people over the period of 40 days. One reaction to that could be the typical postmodern thing, which is, well, that's your, that's your thing. That's cool. It's your truth. This is my truth. You, you do your thing. You do the Christian thing. That's cool. I'm going to do my thing over here, and I have my interpretation. I have my opinion, and you have yours, and that's fine, and everything's fine. Everybody's equal. But is every opinion really equal? Just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you're right. Is every worldview the same? Or are some actually more life-giving than others? Because to some people, it is quite the logical leap to believe that a man could rise from the dead. And people have a, some people have a very difficult time accepting that intellectually, scientifically, logically. But even if that's you, you should want it to be true. Nonetheless, because our world is a world of death, and we are incapable of overcoming death on our own ability. No amount of money or technology will ever make that a reality. We intrinsically need resurrection because death is all around us, and we need to know that there is hope beyond the grave. Of all the religions of the world, Jesus offers life after death. So when he says, I am the way and the truth and the life, you have two options when you hear that. For one, you may, he's crazy. He's crazy Uncle Jesus, and I don't, that's, that's nuts, or he's telling the truth. When you make that sort of a radical statement, that he literally backed up every single thing he said he would do he did it. So if you won't even believe me or believe other, you might believe a family member. You might believe a friend. That's the thing about today in our world. Authenticity is king. Even if someone has an authentically horrible idea, people will still believe it because you authentically believe it. And I've noticed this about younger people. Not I'm 44. I can say young people because I'm getting older now. Young people... They'll look at a guy like me and they'll go, okay, Jesus rose from the dead. I might believe that, but I need to know if you'll believe it. If you believe it, then I might believe it. I'm telling you, I do believe it. I don't just believe it. I know he lives. How do I know? Because I know he lives within me. I know he's given me a new nature, a new identity that I had an experience when I was 20 years old, and when Christ came into my life, he changed my life. I felt his presence. 
It wasn't just some conjuring up emotion or something like that. And many of you have had those same experiences in your life. So, but if you, even if you won't believe me, I was talking about, you know, crazy brother or crazy uncle. There was actually, do you know that Jesus had a lot of brothers and sisters? Well, half brothers and sisters. He had the same mother. He had four brothers and two sisters. And John chapter 7 verse 5 tells us that Jesus' brothers did not believe in him. They thought he was crazy. They grew up with together. They knew, they, they, they've known each other their whole lives, and they thought, what has happened to brother Jesus? Especially Jesus' brother, James. James did not buy what Jesus was selling. And it, many times they come up to Jesus and say, Jesus, what are you doing? You're embarrassing us, basically. You're talking all this stuff. You're doing all these things. Stop doing this. But what does 1 Corinthians 15 say? Again, that he appeared to James. It's interesting that Jesus, you know, Paul says he rose from the dead, he appeared to 500 people, he appeared to the 12, and then he makes sure to mention that Jesus appeared to James, his brother. Not all, I'm sure he appeared to all the other brothers, but they had to list, this is not the James, this is, this is, this is his brother of Jesus, James. It's interesting that Jesus seeks out the people that are most skeptical, most incredulous, most jaded, doubting Thomas. Lord, if, if I see his wounds, then I'll believe. If I see the holes in his wrists, I'll believe it. And what does Jesus do? He walks through a wall and appears to Thomas and shows him and says, here I am, touch and believe. And then Jesus says, actually, blessed are you if you have not seen and you still believe. See, it's easy for me to believe. I've seen stuff that will blow your mind that God has shown me in all humility. But if you've never seen anything, it's okay. That's why it's called faith. But blessed are you if you believe and have not seen. But still, Jesus offers to those of us who need to see him, he appears to James. He appears to Saul, who would become Paul. And this is the question of the morning. What happened to James? Because here's James. I don't believe in this guy, my brother. He's lost his mind. And then 30 years later, James would write the epistle of James in the New Testament. And James would write a sentence like this. James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not James, servant of God, and my formerly crazy brother, Jesus. I mean, I heard a com comedian named Michael Jr. You ever heard of Michael Jr.? And Michael, talk, Michael Jr. talks about how hard it would be to be Jesus' brother. Because, like, you're never going to live up to Jesus. It's like, James, why can't you be more like Jesus? Je Jesus made wine. Can you make some Kool-Aid or something like that? You know, they had to have some, some acrimony or some division. He's the son of God. He's the Messiah, you know? And so there's a, probably a little bit of conflict there. But then all of a sudden, Jesus dies on the cross, gets put in a tomb. It's over. Like the whole thing that it was all about, they thought it was over. They were crestfallen. They were destroyed. They were crushed. And then Jesus appears 
The next day, actually he rose from the dead on Saturday night, they just found his empty tomb on Sunday morning, and he appears to hundreds and hundreds of people, but he seeks out his brother that was so skeptical. And notice when James writes that, he doesn't say, he doesn't say anything like, I mistreated my brother, how shamefully I mistreated my brother. He says, no, now I'm a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ. What happened to James? What did he see? If you got a text of someone that sent you a picture of an empty tomb, would you believe it? If Jesus risen from the dead appeared in front of you, would you believe it? I think most people would, yes. I like that answer. James was skeptical. And then he saw something that literally transformed his life, and he was never the same again. You could treat this message or this Easter Sunday like many of us do in postmodern 21st century America, which we are in a hurry, myself included, and we will just swipe through to the next thing. I would say on this one, don't. This is the most important message that any human being will ever hear your whole life. Because if he is risen from the dead, game changer. Nothing is the same. And that the good news is that in his hands, he continues to heal people every single day. God continues to heal. Maybe you have a fear of death. Maybe you've never thought about it. Maybe there's something dead inside of you right now that you just feel dry and tired and empty and overwhelmed and anxious. And you need to know hope, everlasting hope. We're going to sing a song called Healing is in Your Hands. And we, like we, what we do here, we call it ministry time at the end, just for a few minutes where you can come up here and pray at these prayer rails, if you wish. And if you want me to pray with you, I'd be glad to. Some other friends might come up and pray with you. If, if you don't want anyone to pray with you, it's totally fine. You can just come over here and kneel, and they would be, you can totally have that space. But we just like to offer space for people to encounter the Lord in a new and a fresh way. Because one thing I love about this church is that we aren't here just to play church. We're here because we mean it, and we're here because we want to encounter God in a new way, right? Right? Yes. I mean, we want to encounter the risen Christ. But sometimes we should take a step forward of faith, right? We can't just sort of passively stand off at a distance. But like, you know what? James did that too, didn't he? Jesus sought him out anyway. See, Jesus seeks us out because he loves us. God's grace is his action toward you. But we still have agency. We have the ability to choose. We can choose to go, nah, I'm gonna close that door. But still, he's right here. He's risen from the dead that day and every day forward. And Jesus said in the book of John that everyone, that the will of God is that everyone would believe in his son and that he will rise them up on the last day. That is the will of God for the earth. So I'm gonna pray. And if you need prayer, we'd love to, 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 to uh, pray together. Let's pray. Jesus, you're risen from the dead. This is the greatest news any of us would have the honor of proclaiming. But God, in these next few moments, 
Some of us need resurrection now. We need to know eternal life begins now, not when we die. That we can be new creations from the inside out and the power of your Holy Spirit within us from this day on into eternity we can have resurrection power in our lives. This is the good news of the gospel, that you are Lord, that you have overcome sin and flesh and the grave. But God, we're a hurting people. We have wounds and burdens. And God, we ask for your your healing presence to come upon us, to move in this space and encounter you in a new and a fresh way, Holy Spirit. It's in your name we pray, amen.